This is a Cincy fan talking with LP. You can catch me on Twitter. That's a Cincy fan talking. You say it like it sounds, just leave off the G. If you have ideas for the show, you can reach me at Cincy underscore fan talk at yahoo.com. If you have any suggestions for the show, make sure you leave them there. Who knows? You might find yourself as part of the show. Any feedback would be definitely appreciated. And also, make sure you hit the link tree page that's on my Twitter. Make sure you click on that. You can find all the different ways to contact me there. Enjoy the show. What's up, what's up, what's going on, y'all? Welcome to another episode of The Humble Pod. Welcome to a Cincy fan talking with LP, and of course, this is LP. Appreciate y'all stopping past and checking me out. Definitely appreciate all the love and support. Um, You know, before we hop into this whole thing, make sure you check out all of those independent pods out there doing their thing, because, you know... um. I won't say the struggle is real because I honestly enjoy doing this. So I don't really see it as a struggle. I mean, it's a struggle getting people to listen. I mean, but I mean, that's that's just kind of what it is out here. But I mean, as far as doing it and putting it out there, I mean, it's all good. But 100% support those independent pods out here. We out here trying to get it done for y'all. So make sure you try to show us the love and support. Do what you can. And we certainly appreciate that. So I just wanted to kind of put that out there. Um, y'all know what the link tree is. If you don't, make sure y'all check that out. Um, just go ahead and click on the Sensi Fan Talking Twitter. Um, of course, leave off the G, and that's how we get down. We'll definitely appreciate that. Um, we, we, we got some stuff to get into today. Um, this stuff about the fans lately, it, it's been really bothering me. So we're going to jump off into that a little bit. We're going to talk a little bit about school because, hey, school is out. Loving it. So I'm going to go ahead and talk about some stuff I learned this school year because I feel like this year has been super unique for myself. And I feel like I can get some insight into what a lot of other teachers have been thinking as well. So we'll jump into that. So. As always, we jump into a whole lot of weird stuff. You know, we're going from sports to school. <laughs> I mean, that's just how we do it around here. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and give you kind of a brief synopsis of what your ticket, just, just kind of think of this as you a fan and you going to the game of your choice, football, soccer, baseball, basketball, hockey, whatever. And just pretend, for pretend's sake, that this is your first time being a fan at an event and you don't really know what to do. And if you've been watching the news, then you understand that there's a lot of people out there that really don't know how to be fans. Like they don't they don't get it. They don't really understand what it is to be a fan. They really think that being a fan is being a lunatic and being super racist and not caring about athletes. 
They, they really think that. And if you don't believe me, rewind your television through the past seven days and see what's been happening out here. I mean, you got people like Naomi Osaka that's basically going like, look, I'm not playing in this tournament. And people are looking at her like she's crazy because she's taking care of her herself mentally. What what kind of mess is that? Like athletes can't take care of themselves mentally because they're athletes. <laughs> make it make sense. Is is weird to me. You you got people like Kyrie Irving stepping on logos after being called everything but a child of God, and he the sensitive one. <laughs> Never mind the fact that he even getting swore at for a solid three hours. He's supposed to think about the team that he no longer plays for. It's about to, he's supposed to keep them in mind. It, so I'm going to go ahead and break down exactly what your ticket gets you and what your ticket doesn't get you. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and break it down for everybody out there so you can understand, I guess, what to do and what not to do. <laughs> First and foremost, there are some things that your ticket does. Of course, you get to watch the game. I mean, that's that's a no-brainer. But there are some there are some implicit things that you get with your ticket. Number one, you should expect to be entertained. You you really should. You you really should. When you go to a sporting event, you should expect to be entertained by that sporting event. It would be unfair if you didn't get entertained. There should be some sort, I wouldn't say spectacle, but you should be happy that you smacked down the money for the ticket. Tickets cost a lot of money. We're lucky to have a franchise like the Reds here in Cincinnati that, that actually care about <laughs> letting the family afford get into a game and get concessions and all of that good stuff at a reasonable price. The Reds actually care. They really do. Like, Google the prices for the Reds. You'll be surprised at how affordable it is to get into a game, get hot dogs, get drinks in the whole nine yards. You you really can. A family of four can eat good at a Reds game. It's not like that everywhere else. For real. It, it's ridiculous. You should expect to be fairly entertained at your sporting event. That's not an unreasonable request. It really isn't. Tickets cost too much for you to walk away and go like, oh, that was trash. <laughs> for real. You should also expect to have a voice within reason. You're allowed to say boo. You're allowed to be upset if your team doesn't do what they're supposed to do. If you think somebody is being lazy on the court during the game, you can express that. Now, of course, there are certain ways that you express that. The typical way would be, I don't know, boo, boo. That's how we play out here? Come on. Me personally, this, this is just me personally. Really not a fan of booing the home team. Unless it's just ridiculous trash. I mean, the Bengals got to be getting blown out 48 to 3, mid-third quarter, we trying to pull the sub, we trying to pull the starters out, all of that. That's how far it has to go for me to boo the home team. But other than that, they're not playing well. I'm just quiet. I have nothing to say. 
<laughs> but I'm not about to boo my squad. I, I feel like that's just sports etiquette for me. Different places, different things. I mean, in Philly, you're getting booed regardless. That's just how it is. And I feel like they kind of expect that. Of course, there's a line. And I feel like this is the part where fans, they feel like their ticket allows them to do more than what the ticket is supposed to do. You get a voice. You get the boo. But do you really get to be racist with the booing? Is that part of the ticket? You really get to call people all types of racist names and you get to talk about their mothers and fathers and you get to say all this ridiculous stuff because you paid to go to the game. Like when you think about it in that aspect, it makes absolutely positively no sense. Just being just being realistic about it. It makes no sense for fans to say the stuff that they say during the game with kids around, mind you. And they're saying this stuff and they're like, oh, well, we're at a game. This is how it is. No, that's not how it is. It's not how it should be. Your ticket buys you a voice. It does. But your voice can't offend other people to the point where they look at you like, are you really doing that? It can't get that far. And if somebody out there is going like, oh, well, give me an example. This is not middle school. We understand the line between being a fan and being a racist fan or being a fan or being an asshole fan. Being a fan or being that inconsiderate fan that's swearing when you have eight or nine year olds around you from other families. You know the line. If we have to tell you the line, then you probably shouldn't be at the game. That, that's just kind of where I'm coming from. If somebody has to explain that to you, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> you need to be somewhere else where there is a television or a bar of your like-minded buddies who can make you feel good about the ignorant stuff that you're saying. That's kind of where you need to be. But you don't need to be at a sporting event where you think your ticket lets you do more than what you're allowed to do because it really shouldn't be like that. Your ticket also buys you an escape. You kind of get to get away from the problems of the day and you get to throw everything into, quote unquote, your team. You get to do that for about three hours, depending on what kind of game it is. So in that spirit, you may let loose of a swear word or two. It might happen. Nobody denying that. This could happen. There's been plenty of times where I've been watching a close game with my squad and they done something dumb. And I'm like, what the hell? Oh, shit. <laughs> like, it happens. But to get so upset that we're throwing water bottles and we're trying to excuse the behavior of throwing the water bottles. No, Th there's another line. If you're going like, oh, well, what if I throw the water bottle? Because stop. <laughs> Just stop right there. Unless you're at a hockey game and somebody just got a hat trick and you're throwing hats on the ice, there's probably not a good reason why you're throwing something at a player. 
I'm running through the list in my head and there are very few instances where it would be cool for you to do that. So if you have that projectile in your hand and you're going like, well, you know what? I can't believe. No. This also extends to if you're really upset about something that the that the away team did and they're walking past you. At some point, you have to realize you are watching human beings work. It's entertainment to us. But these guys are working. These ladies are working. And for you to like dump popcorn on somebody as they're walking past because they don't play for your team. Think about it. You also have to remember that these players are emotional. They're playing a game that's full of emotion. Therefore, they're not going to remember that you're a fan. <laughs> it may not happen like that. You don't get immunity to do whatever you want to do because you pay for a ticket. And that's the, that's one of the main things I want to express to people. You don't get to say or do whatever you want because you paid to be someplace. I've heard that line a lot. Well, I paid for this, so really? So because you paid for this, you get to do all of this crazy stuff? No, it doesn't work that way. I tell the kids in my class this all of the time, and they laugh until they understand how applicable it is. Hey, hey, can I do this? Can I do that? You can do whatever you want to do. As long as you can handle the consequences. Simple and plain. That's life. So if you listening to this and you're going like, well, who's going to stop me from throwing popcorn? Or who's going to stop me from saying ignorant stuff to somebody? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody's going to stop you from doing this stuff or saying this stuff. But you have to understand there are consequences for these actions. And you're not immune from these consequences because you pay for the ticket or because you pay for the season tickets or because you're so-and-so nobody's immune from consequences for the, for the most part and even if they think they are there are certain consequences that nobody gets away from we learned this a long time ago a while ago and the malice in the palace <laughs> like we saw what happened when indiana played detroit and all hell broke loose because fans decided hey look i get to do what i want to do because i'm upset and ron artes is like i'm not going for it and next thing you know it's on these players are human and i know that we want to be like well when i say we there are a lot of people. There are a ton of people that's listening to this like, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> there are going to be a few people that's going like, well, how come? Well, you got to understand that these players, they're out here and they're making all of this money and they take media classes and they need to understand that they're going to get certain types of hate and they're going to get talked to a certain kind of way. I can get all of that. I understand that completely. They're making a lot of money and they should be able to handle all of the talk that they hear because they've been hearing it their whole lives. But does somebody making a lot of money 
excuse them from being treated a sort of way? Like, are we not treating people as humans because they make more than you? <laughs> I mean, think about that. We get to treat people like dirt because they dribble a ball and they make more money than us. So they get to be treated like a completely different way. It doesn't work that way because they're human. And I know they say things like, I don't listen to the media and I don't read my Twitter feed or anything like that. But somebody's reading it. Somebody's hearing them talking this crazy stuff, these fans. We're dealing with human beings, people. All of these people are human. And since they're human, at some point you have to expect a reaction. You have to expect the reactions that we're getting from these from these players. You have to expect them to break down mentally because they're constantly getting bombarded with you're the best, you're the best, so you got to do this and you got to do that or you're no longer the best and you're trash and that has to wear on you. It does. I don't understand why people don't see that. They're athletes. They're the best at what they do, but they have brains just like everybody else, and they have emotions like everybody else. And when they turn off the I'm playing the game emotion and they turn on their regular emotions, they're hearing all of this crap, and at some point they're just looking like, dang, is that what everybody think? And they need a break from that. <laughs> I mean, they have to. People with normal jobs need breaks. <laughs> I mean, have you ever been at your job and been like, man, I need a vacation. I need to get out of here. Have you ever thought that? I'm sure they think that too. Your ticket does not value that bullying pass. Like it doesn't value that. You don't get to just talk to people ridiculous. Your ticket doesn't value control of players. You don't get to go like, well, so-and-so is going to do this because he makes all of this money. You don't get that control just because you bought tickets. You don't have authority over these players because you bought tickets. It just doesn't work that way. I really feel like people need to be enrolled in a fan class or something like that. Because fans are just way too sensitive. And it's funny to me because it looks like the fans are calling the players too sensitive. You know, you have players planting flags in the turf like Baker Mayfield did against Ohio State. Um, honestly, I wasn't even mad about that. The only reason I was mad about what Baker Mayfield did was because they won, <laughs> was because Oklahoma won. I was mad about that. But, I mean, winners pretty much get to do what they want to do for the most part, as long as it's not – ridiculous or something that's gonna completely just disrespect the other team to the umpteenth degree for the most part if you win you get to celebrate a little bit and i think fans they just get a little too bird for me <laughs> i mean you got Kyrie Irving just wiping his feet on the um logo on the celtics logo that's after being called all types of names for three straight hours. What did you expect them to do? Wave to the fans, say thank you for your support. What support? <laughs> like, what were you doing to make him feel welcome? So, he showed them what it was after they won. If they didn't like it, hey, they should have won. 
<laughs> I mean, it's just how I feel about it. But for the most part, I feel like there are a lot of fans out there that feel just like me. They're they're kind of like, when are people really going to act like fans and side with the players instead of always siding with the owners and getting upset with the players? And Because that's what happens. Your fans until you feel like the player offends you. And then you're no longer fans and you jump off the bus. Meanwhile, the players are looking like what I do. <laughs> I mean, it's just a weird dynamic. Uh, a lot of people want to attribute this to COVID happening and people just not getting back into their arenas. But I hate to tell you this. This has been happening for a long time, a very long time. Um, at some point, fans need to understand what their ticket allows them to do at a game and what their ticket doesn't allow them to do at a game. They just need to understand this because fans are taking certain liberties and players now are like, nah, we're not standing for that anymore. Like, just because it was cool back in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and 90s doesn't mean it's cool now. It wasn't cool then. Nobody really said anything. And if they were saying anything, people weren't listening. People are listening now. And I feel like it'll be good all the way around because fans can actually go to arenas and do what they're supposed to do instead of doing all this other side stuff and getting involved and all of this nonsense because it's not what they're there for anyway, in my opinion. So you got a Cincy fan talking with LP. We'll be right back in a little bit. Hi, hi. I'm Princess and I'm Queen. This is Daddy. You have to say, and this is a Cincy fan talking with LP. And this is a Cincy fan talking with LP Daddy. Nice job. Mm-hmm. What's up? What's up? Welcome back. Welcome back to the pod. Hold on real quick. Let me quadruple check and make sure I signed up for this Vaximillion thing real quick. One moment. Yep, definitely signed up. I briefly contemplated trying to see how many vaccines I could get at one time in order to increase my odds. Then, then I quickly thought about it and was like, yeah, health-wise, it's probably not good. When you balance in trying to get the million, we're trying to trying to get the million and perhaps having too much vaccine and catching it anyway. I'm like, <sighs> then I went ahead and aired on the side of caution. Um, the, the two doses of the vaccine were enough. I think, um, hopefully that get me through. Like, hopefully I, hopefully I get that, that million. Uh, if you haven't heard, um, here in Ohio, we got this whole vaccinating thing going on. So every Wednesday, um, they pull a name from all of the people in Ohio that got vaccinated. You know, at least one dose. And that person basically gets a million dollars. That's how it's going for the next five weeks. Um, one person that won, the first person, 
is from around this neck of the woods, like some suburb here in Cincinnati. So, um, yeah, it wasn't me, <laughs> and, and it wasn't wasn't anybody in in the fam because if it was, uh, I think you'll see a whole lot of memes of somebody throwing money all across the sky, which will represent me. Yeah, so um, keep your fingers crossed. Um, maybe maybe I'll pull it out this coming Wednesday. Maybe. But I'm thinking that you'll probably hear me on the pod next Tuesday saying the same thing. That That's my thought. That's just what I'm thinking. I don't know. Yeah, I think I do know. <laughs> so school is pretty much out. Made it through these three years, rolled into one. Because like I've been saying, this year has felt like three continuous years wrapped into one year. It feels like August was a long, 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 long time ago. Like it really does. I'm, I'm looking over some of the stuff that I did in August and I'm like, wow, I don't even remember doing this. It was It was that long ago. And I was kind of sitting here thinking, and I'm like, I got so many takeaways from this year. Um, I feel like some really cool stuff happened this year, and I feel like I want to throw this whole year away. <laughs> like I, I have both of those thoughts at a, at the exact same time. It's it's just been the weirdest year ever. Um, I feel like. As far as my my content and my subject area, I feel like it's grown so much because it's had to. I haven't really had a choice but to expand not only what I do, but how I do it. When you're teaching half remote and half in person, which is pretty much what happened to us uh, at my school after um, February, once that happened, you just kind of had to flip everything that you were doing because we went from all remote to a mix of remote and in person. So lesson plans had to get scrambled up and then you had the lesson plans within the lesson plans because some of the stuff you're doing with the in-person kids, you really can't do with the remote kids. So it required a completely different skill set and I'll be 100% blunt. This is not a skill set that I possessed for math. I feel like I've always been tech savvy. That hasn't really been an issue. But being this tech savvy with math, where a lot of the stuff is putting pen to paper or pencil to paper, that's the part that really threw me for a loop at first. And I had to work hard. I feel like I worked harder this year than in the last four years. I'll be real. I felt like I put it on autopilot for the last three or four years because stuff was coming really easy to me. I felt like I knew what I was doing. I knew how to do it. Content standards were the same. You know, the kids are different, but I'm rolling through the same thing. This year, hard stop on all of that. I've had to find new websites. I've had to find interactive websites. I've had to find things to keep the kids engaged because one of the sucky parts about this is I feel like the kids that I taught in person and the kids that I taught remote, I felt like I never got to know them. 
the first time that we really saw the remote kids, the kids that that didn't come to school but you know were learning online, the first time we saw them, and pretty much the only time we saw them, was during state testing. And it was it was kind of cool to see them, but it was really sad because we didn't recognize most of them because they didn't have their cameras on when we were teaching. So they're not wearing their their profile pics on their faces and they're wearing masks. So we had to reintroduce ourselves to kids that we've been teaching all year. It was the oddest thing. It, it was so weird. We're just walking up to kids like, hey, who are you? Oh, yeah, I know you. I just talked to you yesterday. <laughs> and that was really what was happening. It was so strange. Learning how to teach to a bunch of profile pictures was probably one of the worst things that I had to do this year because you're not really making that connection. And I didn't really feel that until the kids came in person and we started making immediate connections. And I, I felt bad for the remote learning kids. On the flip side, there was a lot of stuff that we couldn't do in person because of COVID and COVID restrictions. My classroom stayed the exact same the entire year. There were no group arrangements. There were no clusters, none of that. There were four rows of four. And we basically prayed that more kids didn't get stacked into the classroom. That was basically it. And I'm not even complaining about that because I've seen some classrooms that were stacked up in a lot of other schools. And our classes stay relatively small. But that was because so many people chose remote. So we had these huge remote classes. It, it it's it's been a year. <laughs> I put it like that. So the skill set I feel like increased. The level of participation completely decreased. I, I could see a stark difference between the participation with the in-person kids and the participation with the remote kids. The remote kid participation was just low. You had two groups of remote kids. You had the remote kids who didn't need motivation, who pretty much got the work done on their own. Most of these kids would come to class. Some would not come to class at all and still finish all of the work. But they would get it done. Then you would have a group of kids who needed a ton of motivation. But the catch is the only motivation we could give them was basically talking to them on a computer. That was pretty much it. And, you know, you, you have the home visits and things like that, but they're not in the class every day. They're not seeing you face to face. You're not, you're not able to, kind of pushed them in a way that needed to be pushed.
that was probably another drawback from the in-person and remote kids. For me, I was preaching this from the beginning. It came down to a level of safety. If a kid didn't feel safe in school, then they should have been remote. And I didn't knock anybody's choice at all. My only thing is doing both was extremely tough. Getting through the year, I feel like made everything kind of crystallize as far as I'm concerned into what was difficult and what was easy now that I'm looking back at it. The easy part wasn't really teaching remotely. Humans can get used to anything if you give them enough time. I got used to wearing a mask for pretty much the entire school day, every day, with no problem. I I rarely took it off, and I realized I'm fine like this. It's working for me. I, I don't really have any complaints. I was doing remote teaching pretty much every day from... August until February. No real complaints. Not saying it was easy, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. I feel like the hardest part for me was having to lower what my standards would normally be. I felt like that was the hardest part of this entire year for me. And I don't feel like it's necessarily anybody's fault, but it just got to a point where everyone's expecting so much from the kids after everything that they've been through that I felt like there were so many people that were like, look, we know that we want them to be here and doing this, but as long as they can do this, then that's okay. That takes a ridiculous shift in what you want to do and what you can do because now you're you're like okay I want to assign this 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 and this but it's over the computer and the kids are already burned out so instead of saying I need this this and this and this and it's not really difficult stuff, but I mean, it's math class, so there are steps to it. So in the, instead, you're going like, okay, I just need this and this. And continuously doing that, it kind of makes you feel that the kids aren't getting everything that they need, that you're just trying to get through the year. And I didn't want to shortchange them like that. So I noticed myself increasing the workload, and as, as I did that, I heard more complaints, so then I decreased the workload, and it was it was just like a whole thing. And I think that was the most frustrating part about the year, the lowering of the expectations, because you don't want to push them too much, but you don't want to be in a position where you're not pushing them enough. And I feel like if you talk to most teachers, I feel like they would say exactly the same thing. They have a certain way of doing things and they have a certain place that they want the kids to be at at the end of the year. And you would be hard pressed to find 10 teachers that got those kids where they needed to be at the end of the year. 
because COVID. It, it's it's difficult to get a class full of remote kids at a place they need to be when half of them aren't showing up, and then they're not doing the work on the computer. It, it's difficult, and it's one of those things to where that's why you wanted to be in school. That's why you want in person. That that will be why you're willing to put on the mask every day and stay six feet apart. That will be why you're willing to do it because you know what's going to happen at some point if you don't. And I feel like a lot of teachers are getting dumped on. People are like, well, you know, teachers don't want to go to school. They just want to collect a check and stay at home and and teach and stuff like that so they can just kick back and relax. I'm like, did you hear what you just said? <laughs> kick back and relax and teach online? That doesn't even mix. It, it doesn't even work right. Kick back, relax, and teach online. It's one of the hardest things you can do. <laughs> teach online to a group of profile pics. You're not really sure if they're listening and then you're asking questions and you get the same two people responding. Continuously going through that day after day after day and people are like, well, you got it easy. You at home. <laughs> sure, champ. <laughs> Super easy. And and it wasn't. It, it was a It was a difficult year. And if you ask the kids, they would say the same thing. There are certain things that they wanted to do that they couldn't do. So I'm not saying, hey, you know, the teachers had it worse than the kids. I had conversations with the kids during class, and we would just kind of talk about stuff like this. And we would say, you know, what's difficult for you? What's difficult for you? And they would just break it down. Like, you know, I'm getting too much work. All of the teachers are assigning work. And you guys are being really accommodating and you're letting us turn it in when we can. And, you know, you're helping us. You have office hours after class and all of that stuff. You know, you're doing what you can, but it's hard. It's a lot. I haven't done this before. You know, the kids were saying that a lot. And I was just telling the kids bluntly, like, well, I feel you. <laughs> we we are in the same boat. So I'm not about to I'm not about to dump on you and say, hey, you need to get this done or else. You know, I when I say I lowered the standards, I had already set them high anyway. <laughs> so when I when I say lowering the standards, I mean things like, you know, instead of doing all of the stuff I wanted to do in class, I just kind of cut that in half because there's no way they can do all of that over the computer. Like, it's, it's impossible. So for me to go, like, you're going to do exactly what we're doing in class, that's not fair. That's not fair to them. And, and I feel like parents who were really involved with what their kids were doing online, they would listen to this and go, like, yeah, I hear you. I definitely get it because they see what's going on in Google Classroom. They see the messages. They see what the kids are doing. They see what the teachers are doing. And they understand it. Um, there are some parents you can't really talk to. And there's so many reasons why you can't talk to them. Like, there's so many. I, I, I'm not here to dump on parents. Me, as a parent, there are so many reasons why you may not be able to contact the kid's parents. They may have the late shift. 
So they're not getting back until the morning and then they're collapsing and going straight to sleep. And this could be happening every day, Monday through Friday. That that happens more than you think. There are so many instances. Yeah, you, you have some parents that that may be lazy and may not be on their job. But I mean, you got teachers like that. <laughs> I mean, it, it happens. But for the most part, I feel like this year the parents were, I would say, more accommodating than usual. Because usually you always have a couple of parents that are just like, just utterly ridiculous with it. Like, <laughs> like just, just, just a mess. I could write a book. <laughs> but this year, I don't recall a, well, as far as I go, with me, I don't think I recall a single parent that was like belligerent or just kind of like crazy with it. They, they were just kind of like, look. I understand my kids not doing this. What do they need to do? Um, is there a way that we can get this done for so-and-so? And they were really accommodating this year. I felt like everybody was trying to pull together and do something that, that just hadn't been done before, you know? So we're all ready to get to the summer and we finally made it. So I definitely plan to kick back, relax, watch a lot of sports, travel tweet a lot and just chill because if you're a teacher i feel like you earned it if you're a parent i feel like you earned it if you're a kid i feel like you earned it we all did this together so i'm not about to be like teachers over everything because you can't really do this job effectively without the parents and without the kids being on board so i mean shout out to everybody that that contributed to making this year as successful as you possibly could for real because as as crazy as this year was like as as difficult as this year got at times i know it could have been way way worse so like I, I feel blessed that that i got to this point intact still wanting to teach still 100 percent on board with the whole teaching process and the whole teaching thing like i know a lot of teachers is like that just jumped off like I'm good, like <laughs> like I'm not doing this again. But I mean, I feel better because of this. Like I feel like I I got made a lot stronger because of this whole this whole experience. So we here, we made it. <laughs> summertime. Um, I'm about to go ahead and enjoy some of the summertime. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and check it out next week. Uh, Y'all know what it is. Um. Check me out every Tuesday. Make sure you check out those indie pods because we out here. And as always, life is good. Peace out. If you're not ready for the conversation to end, I'm not either. Make sure to catch me on Twitter. That's the Sensi Fan Talking. Leave off the G at the end of it and we can keep the conversation going. Also, don't be afraid to hit that subscribe button so you can catch the next episodes. The episodes will drop every Tuesday. If there's a change in that, I'll make sure to let you know. Appreciate the support. As always, life is good.